This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's time for a one-of-a-kind poker party. Poker Night in America is streaming live from Studio 52 in Las Vegas. Join us nightly at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as some of the biggest names in poker play in the ultimate house game. Watch on the Poker Night in America channel on YouTube and Twitch or go to PokerNight.com. Poker Night in America is back and ready to party. Well, this is Betting Weekly Extra Time World Cup Edition, and we are down to the last day. Hopefully, you've all got Morocco on side at plus 35,000 outside of the Atlas Lions progress at the expense of Spain and maybe Belgium's early exit as well. The rest of the quarter finalists were pretty much as per futures odds pre-tournament. Here to make sense of the current market situation, we've got Nigel Seeley, Steve Wiss. And Jack Wright. Uh, Nigel's still out in Qatar, I see, just taking a little bit of shading from the sun. You've survived some boat trips, some golf buggy <laughs> journeys, but how is your outright book? That's what we want to know. Well, I'm not, I'm actually come back. I'm actually in Preston. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, my outright book is not looking too bad, really. I mean, I, it's quite funny, really. We, I'm, I'm heavily on Argentina. I think a lot of the guys are heavily involved in Argentina. We got through to the quarterfinals. We've topped that group, and we're not far off about two points bigger than we were at the start of the tournament. You know, mm. that, not, the Argentinians haven't really shown their capabilities yet, and they've looked probably one of the weakest sides of the last eight. Fair to say, without you know, you know, taking too much away from them. But from what, from a positive point of view, for me with Argentina, they can only get they're going to get better. I still think they, they they're not playing at their full potential. The other bet I had was Portugal. And up until the match against Switzerland the other night, I'd literally written it off. I thought there's, oh, I thought there's no way that that's going to cash. You know, there's got the winner of the France England game potentially is going to be in the final, and then they put in that performance last night, which I was very lucky to be at. I mean, I've been very, very fortunate. The last two games I've been to have been the masterclass from Portugal last night and the Brazilian performance the night before. So, from a position of thinking, you know what, I've done my money here. You know, on the two picks I've got. I feel like I've got a bit of a chance. But it's such a tough cheer because you're here following England. You're watching England. You know, the whole Qataris, it, it's a lot of Moroccans around town. And Morocco have been the, the story of, of the tournament in the last week or so. But then you've got picks and you've got bets. So you've got financial interest on two teams. So um, it's a real tough one. But from what looked a really, really not a great book at all, a suddenly sort of given a new lease of life on the back of uh, a Ronaldo-less Portugal's performance last night. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Portugal uh, in a second. Just want to bring Steve in. Um, uh, Belgium, I think, were always opposable. Spain, the surprise exit, obviously. But even though we've had an awful lot of shocks in the tournament, I, I think that, you know, the bigger teams generally have come through, Steve. How have you seen it so far? Good day to you, fine gentlemen. And, um, yeah, it's been... 
an interesting tournament. I think, you know, the first round or two of the group games, there was a few shocks around. But if we look at the last 16, seven of the eight favourites have actually gone through to the to the quarterfinals. So and six in be, the 90 minutes as well. Yeah, and I think it's a case of the cream eventually does rise, doesn't it? The, the, i tell you what I have noticed in the last week or two is the the nations with the best squad depth. It's a massive factor now because you need that depth to help you out. Teams that have been able to rest players in the final group games, for example, or rotate around, that's really done them the world of good. And now you've got to look at teams that have just been to extra time. That doesn't help those out. So, yeah, eventually the cream does rise. And, you know, in terms of my outrights, there's been some shockers, um, but I'm still live with some as well, which I'm sure we'll talk about soon. Yeah, we will do. Jack, um, very good day to you, my friend. England and France, bit of momentum behind them. And that was prior to Morocco knocking Spain out, who dropped into that side of the draw. So we've seen England and France both play well and both shorten up. And suddenly the draw has opened up a little bit. How do you see it? Have you um, been going with your bets from an outright point of view over the course of the uh, tournament so far? Yeah, I did um did did okay as far as the groups were concerned. Got a couple of the group winners, so that was that was nice. My eggs are in the Argentina basket as well. Um shopper as far as the goal scorer, we'll come on to that a bit later as well. Um but yeah, I think I've I've kind of worked in some tournament a bit too at the start. It was it was a bit of a bit of a shocker, but I think possibly due due to the, the, the main nations in the in the tournament not having that prep time that they're used to so coming in off you know high domestic action um players not having the the usual time to get you know get used to each other in their in in their nations and then uh getting thrown straight into it so it was interesting to see i think like nearly a third of the the games the the opening result reversed in the second game so like argentina losing um straight up um, and then winning the next one. So there's there's been some interesting ones, I think, to start with, but we're now getting to that point, as as the other guys and I said, that we're kind of getting what we more expected it. And I'm really looking forward to that France-England game that you talked about there. That's going to be an absolute cracker, some brilliant matchups there. And um, I would fancy the winner of that to actually get to the final. It's an interesting one, isn't it? It's such going to be a, a, a massive game. I know the French are looking forward to it, and obviously England fans are as well. And it is strange. It's interesting you mentioned that the match day one, then match day two, it turned around. Match day three, we, Nigel, we had lots of changed teams, certainly for France and Brazil. They were both beaten. And if you were on the right side of that, if you looked at those teams, and as the boys have said, you know, squad depth seems to be key because you look at France, they were beaten by Tunisia. You know, um, uh, we saw Cameroon get the better of Brazil as well when they, you know, made an awful lot of changes. I know it's easy to look back and think we should have had those bets at sort of plus 700, plus 800. But, you know, you, you can plot a way around those results if, if you were ahead of the game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the the, the, the big takeout point for me was when they rested those, play, those players and got beat was actually how good the England squad is. You know, if you think about the second eleven from the French and the second eleven from the, the Brazilians. They're so heavily reliant on those key players. Now then, we may now well then. have just lost Nigel uh, momentarily. Hopefully We've lost Nigel him will momentarily. Come back to us. Yeah, we'll, we'll get him back with a bit of look. Steve, let's just bring you on that. I mean, and, and I think Jack, Jack's absolutely right as well. It's things have changed. You know, suddenly you look at the French squad and you thought this, this is a good squad, likewise Brazil, but they were beaten on match day three. 
Yeah, and you know, if we go back to the uh, the studio um, preview we did on on Group D, uh, Dan with uh, with James Eastham, and that was a car crash. Apart from James's final pick of um, France to pick up six points, because we both had Tunisia to be bottom, and I think that would have happened if France had fielded their, their strongest eleven. Denmark, we completely got wrong. Like they were probably the the biggest underachievers in the whole tournament. But when you look at the actual eleven on paper, it didn't shock me that that Tunisia got a result in that game. I mean, I actually personally backed them just to score a goal in that fixture, which which worked, turned out okay. But it just shows you, I think, in the future, when you're looking at teams like that, um, maybe that final group fixture, take it into consideration because teams can rest and rotate if they've already got six points. So, But in terms of France overall, I probably underestimated them. I totally agree with Nigel that suddenly England's squad depth looks very, very strong compared to the rest of... The, the main nations, they've just got so much, especially attacking them in field options anyway. So you've got to look at that aspect. James Madison has not played a minute yet, has he? Obviously, we, we know about the kind of raw air about getting him in the squad, but yeah. he's sat on the bench. Jack Grealish has had just moments and the odd minutes here and there. And what's been impressive is the fact that obviously Saka scored a brace on, on the opening game. He was then rotated out. Rashford's come in. He scored a brace. He was rotated out and, and, and it just keeps working for, for Southgate. And it's interesting, of course, like we alluded to, not one nation collected nine points from the group stages. Um, they all had at least you know a, a drop, drop in the points somewhere along the line. So I think more so than I was taking into account, that extra time. We saw it with Swiss, the Swiss last night, not necessarily extra time, but that real massive game against Serbia seemed to have taken a lot more out of them than I expected given they were then up against uh, a Portugal side that had had that little bit of rotation. And I think going into that like condensed nature of the domestic action going into the World Cup, then into this real rapid-fire um, actual tournament, there is that, that more of a swing than I expected. I, I think you make a really good point about lack of preparation time and the fact that maybe those squad players that wouldn't naturally be in opening 11s haven't been able to play in warm-up games. They haven't had the time to maybe get the players that you know are good players for France and Brazil, but they're not really assimilated into maybe a starting 11 or a second 11. I think that's a good point. And, and this has been an unusual World Cup. We've seen some big price winners, as we know. It's settled down a bit now, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens from here on in. We're trying to get Nigel back, but Nigel at the moment... He's obviously gone for another pina colada by the pool somewhere. <laughs> so so, so hope, hopefully he's trying to dial back into us. But we're going to continue nonetheless. Now, I don't know about you two. I, I mean, I've laid Brazil. I, I just thought Brazil, right at the start of the tournament. So obviously they're a lot shorter now because they're through to the quarterfinals. But they obviously have got better. Uh, certainly it was almost like the Brazil of 1982 uh, turned up for their last 16 game. They were fantastic. But obviously that Brazil team didn't go on to win the World Cup. They are plus 175. I, I still think that they are too short here, uh, Steve and Jack here. I mean, what what are your thoughts on Brazil from an outright point of view right now? If people want to get involved and Bet Rivers have got all these outright markets available, w- would you advise Brazil at that sort of price? Because many will think, look, you know, forget that game against Cameroon. They were brilliant in the last 16 fixture and Neymar is back. Let's let's weigh in with the tournament jollies. Not for me, Dan. And I think let's let's just have a look at what Brazil have actually beaten in this tournament. Okay. 
Now they just lost to to Cameroon in their final group game. I know they rested and rotated a lot of players, but they beat a Serbia side who, I mean, their defense was shocking in this tournament. And the South Korea outfit, who the way they set up was just incredibly naive. So, okay, you've got to beat what's in front of you, but they've had the perfect matchups. Now, at some point, they will be tested much more against defences, which don't give them as much space and don't match up as well. So they've got to respect what Brazil did in, in that game. And they're a completely different team with Neymar um, in their side. When when he's absent, they, they seem to lose an awful lot. And, and they would lose a lot with a player of his quality. So I said in the outright, showed in the, I thought they were the, the deserving favourites with the bookmakers. And, and I still think they possibly are. But the, 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 the current price, I, I couldn't be advising them. I personally like, I think the value, and it depends which team you like, I think the value is with England or France. I think one of them two teams is is the two. And and then it's, it just comes down to personal opinion, which one of those two outfits that you personally prefer. All right, we'll get on to that in a second. Just a word, Jack, from you on, on Brazil. Plus 170, what what price would you want them? You know, what, what price would you think, do you know what, if, if I got offered plus 200, plus 250, you know, what is... What is the benchmark there for Brazil? If we say, and I'm presuming that you, you don't like them as well, I don't know. But give us your thoughts on Brazil. And nah. Nigel's back. We'll get Nigel back in a second. But Jack, your thoughts on Brazil? Yeah, pretty much the same as as um, Steve. Really, to be fair, you can't be taking them. For me, you can't be taking them at that price because they haven't been tested yet, and they will be. And I, I've got my eyes on that semi final, and I'm I am still expecting it to be Brazil versus Argentina in a humongous semi-final. And I'm actually quite pleased that Brazil really haven't had that kind of test yet. Being in the Argentina camp, they've not really had that test. And they're probably not going to get much of a test. They've got Croatia next, dead on their feet. And I think it'll be much another sunshine and samba night. You know, chicken dancers all over the place and everything else like that. You know what I mean? I can't see them failing to beat Croatia. But that means I'll go into potentially a clash with Argentina in the semi-final a little bit too relaxed for me. And I think Argentina will be obviously be bang up for it. And they know how to play against Brazil. They know how to wind Brazil up. And they've got a score to settle. And um, I think that will then be their first test. And Argentina have kind of scruffed their way through a little bit. Um, they have had those, obviously, the moment, the setback, which if you're going to have it, probably have it in the first game of the tournament. Um, and, you know, you... Very rarely do you see a side that goes through winning games four ones and and so on and so forth, cruising it and just do that continue to the to the final. It's those sides that kind of have a little bit of adversity on the way that will will manage to kind of get over the line and and there will be a surprise and Brazil will come up against it. Um, speaking of clash, Nigel, who's back with us, stand up again, Nigel. Stand up again. Let's <laughs> this is for, for what. Oh. Speaking of clash, what on earth are those? The one thing, the one but, thing but for those that have downloaded Dan, the Dan, podcast, Dan. I'm just going to describe Nigel's Bermuda shorts here Dan. as something that, that are wacky by it. But I'm telling you, Dan, the I one thing I, I, will, Dan, I, will, I will tell you, I will tell, I will take betting tips from you, Dan, but I certainly will not take fashion tips from you, Dan. All right, so that is one thing that you do not do. Not, well, at the, at the last, at the last, at the, the World Cup show, you turned up looking like something from E17 with your jacket. <laughs> I'm not taking any tips from you. Anyway, um, so talking, I, just I, I was going to rub it into you, boys. I was going to be polite, but you went off, you went off on me there. You turned on me. Do you know why the phone went funny? Do you know why the phone went funny? I don't know. Because it overheated. <laughs> it was too hot. <laughs> and I was in the shade. And I was in the shade. What's the weather like, boys? What's the weather like, boys? 
Listen, let's turn it back to Ben. I'm going to get I'm going to get some sort of you know outright leans in just a second. But Nigel, we're just talking about Brazil. I think the, the general consensus was look, we, we, you know, you'd want to get them in the book. You, we don't want to really back them. Plus one seventy now. If people want to get involved, would you say plus one seventy, plus one seventy five is a fair bet, or would you want a bigger price? What's your thoughts on Brazil? Well, it's but the, the odds are virtually saying it's a given they're going to beat beat, beat Croatia, isn't it? You know, what what price are they going to be to qualify against Argentina? And if they play England or France in the final, what price are they going to be? Do the double. It's not going to be far off what you're paying now. So you're probably better off to play Brazil on a match-by-match basis rather than take the price now. It's just it's just purely a factor that everybody thinks they're going to beat Croatia quite easily. I do think they will beat Croatia quite easily, but I don't think the game against Argentina will be that easy. Um, I always refer to things that obviously tennis is like my my one of my big passions and one of the sports that I follow so much here on on Bet Rivers. But I always want to oppose players who go into a major final after an epic five setter. You know, you want to be with Djokovic, who's won six three six three six four. You don't want to be with Nadal, who's just come through a five sets match against Federer. And I think that's what you're going to do with, with Brazil against Argentina. The atmosphere in that game will be the biggest atmosphere in this World Cup. That will be like the World Cup final. Forget whoever Brazil play in that final or Argentina. If they play England or France or Portugal, Brazil-Argentina will be the World Cup final here in the the stadium. It will be absolutely rocking. And I feel that sometimes once you have a big game like that, it's very hard to to get the levels going. Obviously, it's a World Cup final and you you can't compare a lot of it to what I'm saying, but it's just from my betting perspective, I like to oppose it. I'd rather go with someone who comes through an easier route. So the reason why Brazil are the price they are is because of that Croatia factor. Everything's fallen into their hands. Croatia have gone through a massive match. Croatia looked exhausted in that game as well, uh, going to extra time uh, against Japan. And uh, that's why they are the price they are. Would I bet them? Certainly not. Not certainly okay. not. We're, we're, we're cracking on here. We've got two more markets to look at and plus any other business. So just, just very quickly, let's go around the table here. If you had to have a bet, if you had to have a lean now, for those looking at the Bet Rivers website, give us, give us a team to follow, Steve, at uh, uh, the prices and just a very brief sort of synopsis of why. I think France, I, I just... Did you say that I think the values with France or England, and it just depends which team you personally prefer. And I still think in the big games you've got to go with the team that's won it before, and um, that's why I would lean France. But I do think that England have got better squad depth. I think, to be honest, I think whoever wins that game um, may well go all the way. Well, you could back them both, Jack. You could do, or you could back Argentina. Still with Argentina. Still with Argentina. Nigel. Still with Argentina. I'm with Argentina. I mean, how can you? How can I change my opinion when I, I, I bet them to start at five to one? They're in the quarterfinals and they're two points bigger, almost two points bigger. I, I think everyone else has shown their race card. Argentina yet to show their race card yet. So Argentina, the prices. Okay, let's let's have a look at top goal scorer um, because Mbappe's got five, as you can see, minus one six seven here, short price favourite. Uh, Richarlison, there's so many on three. Richarlison, Messi, Gonzalo Ramos, Giroud, Rashford, Saka, and Gakpo all on. Uh, three goals. Um, Richarlison there, plus 900. Messi, plus 1,400. Uh, Ramos, after that hat-trick last night, plus 2,300. And he's going to start. Let's get some thoughts on this one. Jack, let's go to you first. What do you think? Do you know what? Mbappe needs 1-1. One, one. I've copped this. Minus 167. I'll take that. What's your thoughts on, as it stands, golden boot? Or top goal scorer, not golden boot, because it's slightly different. Top goal scorer. Yeah, well, as I said all along, Gonzalo Ramos looks the obvious player <laughs> to me. But um, <laughs> no, I think um, with, with Mbappe, massive game against England's the, 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 the crunch. I think if he 
as we've said, they get past England. Expect them to get into um, past the semi-final, into the final. You'd expect him to get another two, possibly three goals in those over those three games. And I think he's over the hills and far away. Um, but too short to be back in if you want to get in on board now. Um, and I said he gets knocked out, and then he's, he's, there are a whole host. I think there's another nine players underneath, not obviously all still in the competition, but on three goals. So there's a couple that I'd flagged up um, that that one's pretty obvious, and one that I've of bat because he's just a really big price um, and based a little bit on the England-France game. Um, so Messi's the obvious one. He's growing into the tournament. I think he started off a little bit sluggish against Saudi Arabia. Um, he's had a bat- fantastic season. It was an interesting thing that Alan said in that um, in the show that we talked about, the top goal score show um, in, the, in the futures, was about Messi effectively prepping for this tournament for the last year. I think a little bit was tongue-in-cheek, but there was an element to that that he has kind of been getting ready for this moment. And the swell of support behind him from his team and obviously from the fans as well is just sensational. And you can see he's loving it. You can see how he is. And and that, against Australia, you know, you could say only Australia or not, but they, they, they won't want to be taking mugs for. They were up for trying to stop him. And he just seemed to have that extra gear that he, he showed. And he just seemed to be loving the, the moment. And he's on three goals. I say it, it's not going to take him much to, uh, you know, to, to, to get up there with Mbappe and, and possibly over it, as, you know, as long as Argentina go all the way. Will he still be on penalties? Probably. I know he's missed one already. So probably so. But um as far as a massive outsider, as far as I'm concerned, I've, I've gone actually for um, Saka uh, at um, plus 4,000. Three goals as well. And what I like about him, obviously, is the opportunity that if, if for him to win it, he's going to have to get to the final with, with England. And obviously, to do that, they're going to have to knock Mbappe's France out of the tournament, which will then you know, stop stop him scoring any more goals, obviously. So, I like the fact that he scored in a couple of games. I like the fact that he can drift in from the right and, and score from the edge of the box. And he's got this knack now of getting onto that that near post or that far post for the crosses coming in from the likes of Foden and Grealish. And with Harry Kane liking to come deep or drift out wide, he's got that opportunity to then be the person that kind of fills the central areas. So, a lot to like about him. Obviously, in great form. You've seen his videos that he's posting at the moment. He's obviously again another player who's, who's confident and, and in happy form. So, and and Harry Simu's not even on here, so I'm not even playing to the crowd. But Saka, <laughs> for a, a big price. It's interesting the England France thing because obviously England go through Nigel, France are out, and Mbappe's not going to score anymore. I mean, the odd the oddity here is that Rashford's got the same amount of goals, is a little bit short because he's a striker. But if England were to get knocked out in the semi-finals and drop into that third-place playoff, Rashford probably starts, might even start up front. You never know, might be able to score in that third-place playoff. Don't want England to go out the semi-final stage, obviously. But there's all sorts of avenues you can try and work out where the goals are going to be scored here, Nigel. How do you see it? Well, that's why I think that Mbappe's worth taking on in this market because there is a potential that England beat them. It's a potential. I think that's a low-scoring game, that England-France game. I think they're going to cancel each other out. I don't think it's going to be high score is what we expect. I think you're better off if you want to back Mbappe to bet him to score in the match at plus one twenty five or plus one ten rather than take make one sixty six to win it. You know, because yeah, he's probably the match. win it then, won't he? Yeah, yeah you'll yeah, win it. Yeah, you're yeah, much yeah. better off to do I yeah. think the bet is with Carlison because I think that uh, against Croatia, Brazil are probably what one and a half goal favourites, one point seven five goal favourites. They could quite easily put four past them, easy. 
Then they go into the semi-final against Argentina, which we expect. And then they've got a chance of getting into that third-place playoff, which the goals are always around about three offered. You know, two, you'd know, be over 2.75 minus money. So if you look at the route through to the final, Brazil games are obviously going to be highly proportioned in goals against the opposition. So, I mean, you can see Ricardoson scoring against Croatia easy. I mean, the, the Brazilian goals are probably going to be in for one and a half goals in that game, maybe. So, you can see Ricardoson scoring in that game. You can then see that there's a potential that they could drop into that third place. And he's going to get probably three games, whereas Mbappe could only have one game. You know, England could very easy beat him. So, Ricardoson, you would think, will have th- at least three games left in this, this tournament. So, I think Ricardoson is the obvious play to oppose uh, Mbappe purely and simply because of the route that Brazil have been handed. Steve, plenty of things to conjure when it comes to top goal scorer. If you were playing now, where would we? Where would you be looking? I, I agree with Nigel Ricarlison because who's got the easiest matchup in this um, quarterfinals? It's Brazil, isn't it? Um, Croatia are out on their feet against Japan, and um, I think Brazil definitely can get two or three goals in that game. The problem, if you take anyone from the French or England market, is that one of them is going to get knocked out. Whereas the other team will get two more matches, won't they, at least? So, um, yeah, I think Ricardson is a good price. And I, I think Messi, actually, as well, Jack mentioned there, um, at, at the current price is not a bad shout either. So, I think Mbappe is worth taking on at this point in time because, uh, like Nigel said, I actually think England might snuff him out. They're going to, England are not stupid. They're, they're going to have a game plan. They're not going to do what uh, Poland did and let him cut inside all the time. So I think I'm not even sure Mbappe will score against England. So um, yeah, I, I think he's worth opposing. Yeah, I must admit, I think I think the players. Nigel said, if you want, if you want to play Mbappe, just back him to score against yeah. England. I mean that 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 to me is a is a really good shout. Uh, let's talk about player of the tournament here because the sort of you know top tournament goal scorer player of the tournament they're, they're linked to a certain extent here because obviously you want players to do well to grab this. Um, and Mbappe, as you can see. Uh, is our favourite here, plus 150. Uh, Messi, plus 400. I, I mean, the, you, you know, the tournament, FIFA will be desperate to, to give it to one of those two, won't they? Let's face it. And then after that, uh, Vinicius Jr., we get into bigger prices here. I think Neymar might be the interesting I'll throw this one to Nigel first, because I just think, it, I know Neymar's missed games through injury, but he is still very much the star for Brazil. If he just plays and Brazil win it, I mean, plus 1,500, Neymar scores one, or two goals, and, and he's just the man. Is he the value? I mean, where do you, again, is Mbappe worth taking on here? What, what do you think? I, I think Mbappe is worth taking on because of that potential knockout to England. I, I honestly feel if, if, if Mbappe gets to the semi-finals, he wins it. Because, and I'll tell you why I think this is, I think that uh, obviously Paris Saint-Germain are owned by the Qataris. And I think the Qataris... What are you suggesting won- here? Well, I think they'd want. I think they would want some. I One think of their to win. I think they would want him to win it. So I think that's. A, I think that's a big, big factor uh, in the in the voting. This the Qataris. Like you, you know, all the Qatari people wear Paris Saint Germain tops with Mbappe on the back of it. You know, it's it's he's 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 as popular here as a Ronaldo or Messi for the local people, and I would expect the Qataris. Would love one of their own, and they would consider him to be to win this, to win that. But he's got to get past England, and that's a big if. I mean, I, I think they're favourites, but I think that's a really, really tough game. So that's why I won't bet him. And I think Messi. I've, I've, I'm on Messi from the start at twelve to one. I've bet him. Uh, he was on the Future Show. We've got some big picks on Messi to win this tournament, uh, to win this market. I'm on Messi big, and I, w- I would go in again at four because I just feel that um, he he is just. 
just doing things that at his age he shouldn't be doing. And I think that is um, again another. If 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 Mbappe goes and they get to the semi-finals, then I have think you got to make the final, Nigel. Though. No, I think you've got to make, the, you make the semi-final. I think if you make the semi-finals, you win it. I, I, I think I think I honestly think it's a race between the two of them. If they both go out in the quarterfinals, then your name might one might come through. But I think if you get to the semi-finals, and and considering that I know they're both tough ass, but you would probably say that Argentina's slightly more easier easier route to semi-final than what France have. So I think potentially the value was on Messi still. But you know, goes you can you know it depends what you want to do. I'm on already, so you can either you know hedge your position at the at four if you've got twelve, or you can be like me and just press and go mental. Don't be a moron, <laughs> stick moron. But that's that's you know that's that's a bit depends on your on your uh, that depends on your uh, your betting strategy. But I'm I'm having it all more. I'm having more on Messi. We're going all in. Steve, Steve, how do you say? I I just it, it's such an interesting market because we we know. There are outside factors that, that we've all alluded to here. It's it's not that simple as the best player wins it. I mean, Bellingham plus 2,000, Bruno Fernandes, Portugal winner. Are they going to pick a Portuguese player? But if it's, you know, uh, a situation where Messi or Mbappe just get to the semis, as, as the boys were saying, that might be enough for them. How, how do you assess it? How do you see this one? Well, once again, I'm actually agreeing with Mr. Seeley here. I think... Oh, you're um, boring, Steve. I think the plus 400... <laughs> Oh, I, I think I think the plus four hundred is basically on on them to qualify for the semi final because let's be honest, what is if you if you get the golden ball, what are you? You you kind of like the MVP, aren't you, of the tournament? And at the moment, he is the most valuable player for his team. He he, he has he's got them over the line. If you take him out of that team, I think they've been bang average Argentina, but he has made a massive difference. He stood out. And they like. I know what FIFA are like here. They like to share these awards around. Even if Mbappe, um, if France do qualify for the semi-final, he'll likely get the the golden boot. That'll probably be enough for him. I think uh, Jude Bellingham will get young player of the tournament. Um, certainly, if if England make the semi-finals anyway, and Messi at plus four hundred, he just looks to stand out. And of course, he also just played for PSG. So that would go down well there. And the the, yeah. the thing with Brazil, there's no real standout player. Neymar's been injured half the tournament. He still might make might make a massive difference if we look at then Portugal. Maybe well, they want look... to give it to a star, don't they? They, they, they yeah. you know, Richarlison's not going to win the the, the no, player he's not gonna unless unless he scores a couple of hat tricks or something. They want to give it to a star. They do. Now. They do. They want to. They want to give it to Messi, Mbappe. You know, Neymar sort of territory. Um, really, it's as simple as that. I know how these things work, so I think that plus four hundred on Messi right now is as near enough as good as um, Argentina to get past the Dutch. Um, any other business when it comes to outrise? I've just been looking on the Bet Rivers website, and and there are some really good futures markets still alive here. I don't know if you boys have got any thoughts on any of the others. We've got Golden Glove, Alison Becker plus two hundred. At the moment, Emmy Martinez plus three twenty-five, Jordan Pickford, Pickford plus six hundred. We've got young player of the tournament here now. Jude Bellingham. I know he's talked up an awful lot, but he's he too short at minus one one eight. If England get knocked out at the quarterfinal stage, but then you think, well, who else is there? Because Bellingham probably get there ahead of Saka. Saka's the second favourite at plus four fifty. Uh, you've got Enzo Fernandez, who's played well for Argentina at plus nine hundred. But after that, Rodrigo Brazil. 
player plus 1500. You've got Gvardiol, the Croatian, at plus 1150. Is this a gimme, Nigel, for, for Bellingham at minus 118, even if England get knocked out of the quarterfinal state? Is he almost over the line? Is that a better price than Mbappe for top goal score? Uh, yeah, I think I think he... Well, I mean, I, I think he, he'll win it, yeah. I think he'll get it. Would I bet it at minus 118? I wouldn't know. Because there is there is someone who could get a hat-trick in the semi-final or a young kid could make a name for himself in the final and, and get it. But at this moment of time, yes, he is. Um, I think Saka... I, I still his, his place isn't guaranteed, is it? You know, he's you know I think Southgate's going to go tactical now on some of these games, and the occasion could, you know, I, I think he's going to pick the, the team for the right right style of play. I hopefully he does, and Saka might not be a, not guaranteed in this place in this starting lineup, but Bellingham will be. You know, he's a certainty. He's the first name on the team sheet. So yes, I think Bellingham will win that. With regards to the Golden Glove, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue that Pickford's been one of the best goalkeepers in this tournament. I mean, he's pulled off two absolutely worldy saves before the Senegal match. He's called into question and pulled off good saves in other games. Um, Allison obviously is, is the is, is the favourite for a reason, but um, yeah, I think that's a, an interesting market. And and what about the story from the from the Dutch goalkeeper? I mean, if the yeah. Dutch, bring, if the Argentina is playing non-league football, for, what, two years? Yeah, yeah I mean, what price is he on that? What price is he on that market? Well, there you go. I mean, like yeah. that that if, if the Dutch, if you think the Dutch can beat. Argentina, it goes to penalties or something like that, and he pulls off the save. He suddenly becomes the market leader in that market. So, and his story is an interesting story. So that's really wide open. But I wouldn't have a strong view. But I think better than might. He will. I think he will win it. But would I bet him? No, I wouldn't. Jack, any anything else that uh, you've looked at that you think you know what this could be a little bit of value play ahead of the quarterfinals? No, it'd be a beautiful day if the Moroccan goalkeeper Bono won it. But um, the golden glove. <laughs> but um, plus twenty five hundred. <laughs> I think we have got three obviously massive games coming up: quarterfinal, semi-final, final. So in some respects, it is there for the for the, for the winning, isn't it? You know, as I said, if we go penalty shootouts, the goalkeepers are there to be heroes. Um, no one's really massively stood out, as Nigel said. You know, the likes of Allison and Pickford and one or two others have, have had good contributions. So that's an interesting one. They're possibly worth having a little look further down that list at those tight games that you might see and, and, and a goalkeeper say being the hero with the penalty shootout. So I think that one is certainly there for the winner at the moment. Um, the rest of we've, we've kind of covered the, and said a young player. Bellingham has been outstanding, but Vardiol, as you mentioned there, I think has been probably, for me, the outstanding defender in the tournament so far. Steve, last word were you on this one. Anything catch your eye? Well, the history says the Golden Glove will has always gone to a keeper that's made the semi-finals. So, it's, I mean, if Morocco were to make the semi-finals, I think you can give Bono that award straight away now. But you would, you really would probably have to fancy Portugal to go through. They look at several things. Clean sheets are a factor. So Pickford would be would have plenty of credit there if he was to make the, the, the semi-final. I don't like Alisson for this because he, he was rested in one game. So and the one that got beaten. Yeah. So no, but I mean, I don't know. It's it's <laughs> like maybe maybe someone like Martinez at Argentina, maybe his moments to come. Maybe he wins a penalty shootout for them. And then suddenly he he climbs up on the on the yeah, lead. It's good so it's wide open. Wide open. It's a character no doubt. Well um myself, Steve and Jack, we're gonna put our big coats on and get some more coal on the fire uh, and, and get the windows full of all the frost and everything. <laughs> no, no, Nigel's going back to the former. Get out of sun cream on there, mate. Get out of sun cream on the old edge. There you go. Oh, here we go. Don't want to burn. Don't want to burn, boys. 
Steve, Jack, Nigel, many thanks for your company. I know we've got plenty more to come between now and the end of the tournament. We've got our quarterfinal match previews coming your way shortly. Uh, Don't forget, you can download all of the shows from wherever you get your podcasts and make sure you cross all of our content. Nigel will be giving us more boat rides and buggy rides um, (laughs) over the course of the next few days. Stay close to it all at Because We Win. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Extra Time on the Bet Rivers Network.